What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Now we're on. How are you on? Yep. Facebook's the devil, Ken. <laughs> yeah, it is, ain't it? <laughs> I posted, uh, put the pictures of my Langstrophs and uh, had a guy say, you need to requeen those. Yeah, yeah. That You know what? That looks like a really spotty brood pattern. Yeah, uh, you might there. want to consider what? getting rid of your queen. <laughs> this thing ain't very old. And, it, and you can't, you know, I, I called you. I said, hey, you need to go check that out. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, was glad to oblige <laughs> or happy to oblige and uh and and put a comment on there but you know that is um in some regards facebook and youtube you know you've heard me say before like you know youtube's the devil mm-hmm. <laughs> stay away mm-hmm. from it facebook is kind of the same thing you can yeah. get people on there that they anybody can be on those those chat groups and those forums well, and yeah. things like that and so you can go in there and it one of the inside jokes to some of us is that you put a picture in there, and it doesn't matter what the specific situations or the picture or anything is about. Number one answer right out of the gate, somebody's going to come up in there, oh, and yeah. they're going to say, oh, you need to requeen. Mm-hmm. Requeen, requeen, requeen. Mm-hmm. That is their answer to everything is just, you, you got to requeen. That doesn't look right. She's They're mean. Requeen them. They're, they're spotty brood pattern. Requeen them. They're not growing fast enough. Requeen them. <laughs> like everything is requeen them. And all it amounts to is room. In I your mean, specific situation, yeah. So the the frame in in the photo that you posted, mm-hmm. which we'll put these up on Instagram so that you guys can see them as well. But it was one of the outer frames. So you yeah. you skipped the first five frames because oh, yeah. those are what we installed, right? And you were looking at six and seven to see mm-hmm. what was going on on that outer portion. And so you pulled up that seventh frame. The back side of it was solid capped honey. Yes. And then the other side of it, there's like. Five or six little things of capped brood, and they're very spread mm-hmm. out because those were the last ones to emerge. You see all the bees work on that, too. Yeah, and every other cell in there was all open nectar mm-hmm. that they're currently working to, to dehydrate down. Mm-hmm. So eventually, give it another week, that other side of that frame is going to look just like the backside that was fully right. capped. They're right. both going to be fully capped honey. But for somebody who, like, that's where, where problems can happen because this person jumps in. They don't have any idea what frame it is, what's going on. They asked zero questions to try to find out what the situation was, and their immediate response was, that's a shoddy brood pattern. You need to requeen. Well, if that was the main brood nest and all of those cells in between there were empty or she had eggs and just a few of them, possibly, but not when everything is full of nectar and therefore they can't grow because there is nowhere for her to lay. Right, and that's what's going on right now. And, you know, we got the other... Three, two, three frames, three frames that they're just starting to put wax on. Yeah. And, but you know, on that, I was asking you, well, off air, of course, but uh, on my top bars, you know, we put the top bars in at the same time, and the top bars are just blowing up. I mean, they're doing so great. They're, 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 uh, comb all in there but it's completely it's the same bees but it's a completely different method yeah it's a different method and 
one of the things that I think the Langstroths are having problems with right now is that they are bringing in so much nectar mm -hmm. that they're filling up all those available cells, which is making them, it's not literally quote unquote honey bound, but it is nectar bound because mm -hmm. it's just simply not honey yet. Um, but they filled up all those extra cells. And so you've got to have a lot of young bees to produce wax mm -hmm. and you've got to have the incoming nectar. Well, in this case, there's so much incoming nectar, the queen can't keep a good influx yeah. of those young bees. Yeah. So they're kind of teetering back and forth a little bit. Now that'll change here in just a little while. The nectar's going to stop coming in. They're going to go through and cap the rest of that off. They'll eat the other stuff that's still open. Mm -hmm. And now you've got space, but the problem's going to be there is no influx of nectar. So right. she's going to actually stop laying. And that's already the process that they're in is they'll go through as the summer dearth approaches, the, the days get hotter and hotter and hotter. The rain stops getting, you know, less frequent until it's not there at all. And then they they just quit. They will actually, the workers will actually have the queen slowly back down to where she's only laying a small section of eggs mm -hmm. a week, let alone, not even necessarily a day, just mm -hmm. a week. Every now and then they'll lay a few. And when that happens, you'll have beekeepers that panic. Oh my God, where's my queen? I lost my queen. I can't find her. There's zero eggs in here. There's zero brood in here. And if you're somebody who, who you can't, we've mentioned this before when we talked about the summer dearth, if you're not good at spotting your queen and you're looking for eggs and larvae, and suddenly you don't see any eggs and larvae and you already can't see your queen, you're going to panic. You're going to think, oh, she's yeah. gone. What happened? But she's not really gone. She's just stopped laying, and mm -hmm. she's in there somewhere. If you can, if you're diligent enough, and you have the patience, you can go through. You can find her, and more than likely, you know you're going to be okay. But these uh, these topics, I have a post from Facebook that I want to read you. It's very mm -hmm. long though. So this is coming from Tim, and Tim is here in Texas. He lives down near San Antonio. Okay. And Tim has. I'm going to skim the first top half of this here real quick. Um, he's been keeping bees for about three years. He's got two top bar hives and mm -hmm. one Langstroth hive. Um, and he says, I, I had, I had two top bar, or uh, <laughs> I just said that backwards. Mm -hmm. I had, yeah, I had two top bars and one Langstroth. And the reason I said had is because I lost my original top bar colony. Um, and my two-year-old Lang appears to be headed in the exact same direction. So for the last two years... Tim says that he hasn't been able to do a honey harvest because the the top bars seemed like they needed what little bit of food that they had to make it through the durst and through the winter, mm -hmm. and they're just he didn't feel like there was enough to take. So during that time, though, every year they they draw more comb. So they've been slowly filling up with comb this entire four foot box, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But there hasn't been enough capped combs in there of honey to really make it through the winter to justify him turning around and, okay. and harvesting out. Okay. So he says, this year was way different. Down here, we had an Uber flow, and he was unable to check them for about a month. They ended up filling up every single bar with nectar, leaving zero room for the queen to lay any eggs. He pulled out five or six bars of capped honey and placed those now empty bars where the brood nest should have been, about two weeks after that, he went back and checked again, and he deduced that they had swarmed, leaving him only about 10% of the bees and no queen. They hadn't even started rebuilding any of the comb that he had put in there, uh, on those empty bars, mm -hmm. and they had nowhere to put a new queen. Things went downhill from there. He tried relocating two bars with empty cells from one of the other top bar colonies, and... Um, 
and he also introduced a queen as well. But two weeks later after that, so now we're, we're into that second month, it was a wash. Small hive beetles and wax moth larvae were everywhere. It was a mess, and the cleanup job was a mess as well. After all in all, the colony was basically lost. Right. So he says his long laying, so he's got one of those where instead of a regular Langstroth, it's actually long like the top bar, but it still uses frames like a Langstroth really? frame. So he has a long laying, and he feels like it is actually on the same way. It looks like these bees may have swarmed as well, leaving me no queen due to nowhere to lay. I'm going to try to find a bar of eggs and larvae from my new top bar and crop them into the laying frame and put that in the center of the brood area to see if they'll create a new queen or at least have some bees coming in where maybe there's some space for the existing queen if she's still there to lay. Uh, if I don't have any extra eggs and larvae in my new top bar hive, I'm just going to have to start pulling frames from the Langstroth and start downsizing it now to avoid the infestation mess and freeze those frames to save them. Um, so his, his thing is like, do we have any advice? Do we have uh, any anything that we could possibly tell him that might help him avoid this in the future? And I, I responded to him on, this is all on our Facebook page. He actually posted this straight on the Hive Jive Facebook. So you guys can go out there and, and check that out if you want to read the full story. But what do you think? I think that they didn't swarm uh, because even if they did swarm, they would have made another queen. And then when they swarmed... The old queen went with the swarm. Yes. So, so there's a queen in there. My, my original assessment of that mm -hmm. is just because a colony backfills all of the available space with nectar, mm -hmm. that's not a situation that would cause them to abscond mm -hmm. because there's not anything necessarily at that point in time wrong with the colony. Right. There's just plenty of food. Right. So they would go into, like we were talking about, they're going to go into that shutdown mode where they're not doing anything, they're not raising any babies or brood. Now, when you turn around, though, and you look at the dynamics of swarming, what you said is exactly correct. If the bees are going to swarm, if they're going to do that reproductive split and divide and swarm, mm -hmm. there needs to be a queen on the way. They're yeah. never going to abandon the colony without having you know secured the next generation. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be at least two or three swarm cells in there that have queens that are just about to emerge. We're talking a day or two from emergence right. that are going to come out. So if it was a month in the time frame that he was not able to go and check them, and what ended up happening was one of two things. We'll, we'll look at it from both perspectives. They filled the entire colony up with nectar. Mm -hmm. She had nowhere to lay. Therefore, there were no eggs. So scenario one Nothing happened. The queen just stopped laying. She's probably even slimmed down a little bit because she's not laying and they've reduced her food intake so she won't lay as much. And they're just in there somewhere. But because of the not laying, the colony population is also decreasing. Yeah. That's scenario one. Scenario two is that they did start a queen cell. They did do swarm cells mm -hmm. because the queen herself, even if every bit of your open comb space is full of nectar or honey... Mm -hmm. Swarm cells are along the peripheral of the comb. They face down, and they never put food stores in them. They're always open for a queen cell. So the queen is the one that lays in those cells. And this is a, a side note from a conversation that I had on Instagram with someone mm -hmm. else um, in, in another country. But bees do not move eggs. So a worker bee will never go find an egg and move it into a queen cell to make a queen. They don't do that. Okay. The queen lays the egg in those spots. That's right. it. So 
the yeah. the queen could have decided to come along and and said, hey, based on everything, let's go ahead and do a reproductive split. She could have laid in those cells. It only takes 16 days total for a new queen to emerge. So if you haven't been there in 30 days, it could have started a couple days after your last visit. They went in, they laid the queen cells. 15 days, well, 13 days later, the original queen departs with a big share of your colony. Right. Two days after that, the new queen emerges. She's a virgin queen, which is going to look really similar to a lot of your worker bees. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to have a really hard time seeing her. She will go. It, it's going to take another week. So now we're up to that 30-day mark mm -hmm. where you've come back in and looked at the hive. She's in there. She may not have even mated yet. So she's not going to be as big. She's not going to be as noticeable. Her legs and her thorax are going to look the same, right. but her abdomen's not going to be as long. She's okay. not going to have that fat, long torpedo shape. Right. So you go through there and you're looking at it. You may overlook her entirely, and there's going to be no eggs because she hasn't even mated. Mm -hmm. She's got to go out and mate, and then after she does go out and mate, when she comes back in, there's nowhere to lay. You've got to wait on the bees to actually utilize this, store, this resource. Now, all of that being said, now your second problem sets into motion. You don't have a lot of bees, either because they have slowly died off right. or because they, they swarmed they and swarmed left with the original with the queen. queen. Right. So you have a four-foot-long top bar hive with only enough bees to maybe guard a foot of it. Mm -hmm. Those other three foot are left vulnerable and exposed. Mm -hmm. That's where your hive beetle infestation can now start because the bees are not strong enough and big enough to clean them up and take them out of there. The hive beetles start moving in and fouling everything up. As they clean out all the resources and the nectar and the honey and stuff that they're eating out of all these other cells, then your wax moths move into the very back and they start eating all the comb. So that cycle begins. If you catch it in the middle of that cycle, take out any of the frames or bars that are infested and get rid of them. If you got chickens, put them out there, let the chickens eat them out. Just, just get rid of them. Call them a loss and do away with them. Get those out of the colony. Any of the remaining food bars that are untouched so far, mm -hmm. take those out and either extract them or freeze them. If they're a top bar, it's easier just to extract them. Go ahead and render that down. If it is capped honey, it's yours. That's that's your honey harvest. Keep it. Mm -hmm. If it's open nectar, render it down the same way, but put it into a jar and put it in your freezer. And then later, you can refeed that nectar back to the bees when they're going to actually need it. So... I, I, I heard your phone splash. I don't even see it's your phone. Oh, it's in your bag. <laughs> um, you can refeed that nectar back to the bees at a later date. So it's not truly lost, mm -hmm. but get rid of all of that excess and shrink that colony down just to the size, even if it ends up being a nuke, shrink it down to just the size the bees can guard. Okay? That means, say you've got five frames that the bees are on, mm -hmm. leave them a sixth or seventh frame maybe of capped food stores, and that's it. Take out all the others, so get rid of them. Now we're talking about a four foot top bar here. Yeah, that's like thirty plus bars. Are we going right? It's thirty plus bars. So do we just use five or six bars at the opening, at the entrance, and then he's got all these others that are empty. What do we do? If you've got extra bars, which I would always advocate having extra empty oh, bars, yeah. take out all the bars that have comb. If it's empty comb. Take it out of there. You don't want the wax moths eating it up. Get it out of there. Freeze it to kill any of the eggs and stuff on it. Store it. Put it away. Put in empty bars. So you've Just started... Empty, clean bars. Empty, clean bars. You've okay. now started okay. back over to where you they only have to guard these five or six bars, right? Mm -hmm. 
Right. Once everything rebalances and the queen starts laying and the population starts growing, then you can start adding in one bar at a time or one frame at a time back in this open comb that you've salvaged and saved. So basically what you're doing is you're you're raising a nuke. Sort of. You're you're hitting the reset yeah, button yeah. so that you're you're trying to let that colony reestablish. Now if there was something else going on, if your queen is sick, if there's some other problem mm -hmm. that's happening, you're going to start seeing those signs because the colony is still going to continue to shrink. Mm -hmm. And then if you can, requeen it. That, you know, notice that's the last thing we said, not the very first thing. Don't don't just requeen right off the bat. Figure out what the true problem is, and if it ultimately is the queen, then go ahead and requeen it. Okay. And let them reestablish themselves and regrow, and then as they do, they don't have to still build out that comb because you've got it. If you've right. saved it and stored it, you can put it back in there, and they'll they'll continue to grow back the way that they should. Mm -hmm. But it just makes it to where you've counterbalanced the issue. You've taken away the excess that they can't guard. You've gotten rid of the infestation, and you're letting everything kind of come back to uh, stasis. Square that's, one. That's working, yeah. yeah. But you didn't lose your colony. Right. That's the, that's the main hope right there is that you didn't lose your colony. So what you're going to do is you're going to put a quart or two of... Four to one, four parts sugar, one part water, to in a feeder. Where, where did you get that? I to, um, what do I do? I use a quart of sugar. It's, a, it's the other way around. Oh, it's the other way around. Okay, you're gonna yeah. do. You're gonna do uh, a one to one. Yeah. One part sugar, one yeah, part water. Okay. Yeah. A quart of water to well, and then fill that sugar, up yeah. full of warm water. Shake it and shake it and shake it till it gets done. Yeah. But uh, now if you feed them, if you save that nectar. Well, if yeah. you had open nectar yeah. and you saved it, you can feed that back to them. But you don't want to do that right away. There's going to be food stores in there that they need to go through and do. And if you turn right around and immediately refeed them, they're going to fill what open cells they have with that nectar. So let them give them some time. Let you them want, burn through their food stores. You want them to go through the food store so you can open up so the queen will have places to lay. Absolutely. Unless she's a virgin queen, she should have been, got out and went and flied, flew on off and found a drone, and the drone, or drone could have found her. And then she comes back, and now she's a productive queen. Right. And if we do that, everything happens. And then uh, three weeks down the road, nothing's happening. Then you requeen. Yeah. If, you, if, you've, if you're noticing that if you figure out the timeline and you're like, okay, well, in theory, she was born on this day. Mm -hmm. It takes a week for her to kind of get ready to mate. And then after mm -hmm. she mates, it's another week before she starts laying. So I'm two weeks in and I still don't see any sign of any queen going on. Then you can definitely turn around and, and requeen if you need to. Uh, side note, if you use the entrance discs yeah. or if you're using a queen excluder on the bottom of a Langstroth, mm -hmm. You need to take those off of there if you even suspect you've got a virgin queen. So on our entrance she discs... She can't fly and get bread. She can't get... Well, she may be able to get out, but then she may not be able to get back in. Like, it could cause other issues. So turn it to either all the way open or like a 50-50 on our entrance discs. I'll turn it to where it's the opening right. is half vent and half open. That way she can get out to go mate and come back. So anytime I am either purposely raising a queen or I think that they've swarmed and there's a virgin queen in there or on the way, mm -hmm. I'll open that up so that she can get out and go mate because you may have prevented her from going and mating due to whatever restrictions you have excluder. on her. Right. So I wish we could talk to this guy in San Antonio. I wonder if he had a queen excluder on his entrance. Not sure. 
That's uh, I mean it'd be it would be great. Text us, let us know. No, <laughs> email us. You don't have our numbers. Yeah, go ahead. Just I mean, he's already got the the <laughs> yeah. uh, comment thread on Facebook. Go ahead and put a comment on there. If you did have a, any type of cleaning scooter on there, let us know because that that could also play back into why maybe if they did swarm, why that new queen never got up and going. So yeah, he's talking about his long Langstroff. Yeah, better look at that too. And it's that's just a theory. Again, yeah. without actually being there to fully see all of it, it's hard to say. But that is that is a theory. So, um, all right. So we're gonna let's see. Do you have any other thoughts or comments on that one? No, I'm done. Okay. So we're gonna move on. This one's still in Texas. I got better honey than he does. Though. <laughs> My honey's good. <laughs> Picking fights, kid. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Still in Texas. Uh, this one is a a. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> that that would not have been appropriate. I was going to say something to be funny, but then I decided that it actually sounded rude and insulting. So, um this is Ashley. Ashley is also in Texas and okay. I am deducing that Ashley is up from around the DFW area, so Dallas Fort Worth Dallas, area. Dallas Fort Worth. There. They got lots of bees up there. It's wet up there. Yeah. They have a lot of bees up in that part of the world. So, Ashley has actually sent in questions before. We did a listener question episode with Ashley and she went through and gave us some uh Oh, that's why. I did a screenshot. Have you ever done a screenshot on your phone? Like you take a picture of whatever's on your screen? Not on the phone. So it's really entertaining. Hell, I, I'm, my, I, I used a computer. It was a fish finder for the first 30 years of my life. <laughs> well, I didn't do screenshots with a fish finder. This is, this is why I say it's entertaining. <laughs> See the bottom of that where it's got like the play, stop, pause kind of buttons there? Yeah. I was, I was pushing it and nothing was happening. Because it's a picture of a picture. <laughs> I was like, why won't it go to the next page? Uh -huh. That's because it's a picture, you dummy. Um, anyhow, so Ashley has sent in a listener question before, and she actually sent us another one. They uh, forwarded it over to me yesterday, and she says that um, she has another question. So for first-year colonies, mm -hmm. if I want to go into winter with a deep of bees and a medium of honey... When do I condense them down into a deep and medium setup? You don't. Well, hang on. The Here's the reason why she's asking. Two of my hives are deep plus two mediums. So Damn, she's already she got, got the already deep got and two mediums. Meat. And she's saying she's it's her... She's getting ready to eat. She's saying it's her first year. So yeah. she's got a deep and two mediums in her first year. And she says that the first medium above the deep is probably brewed in honey with just honey in the very top super. I'm not taking any honey in the first year, so can I leave them alone in their deep and medium-medium setup? Uh, the the first answer would be yes. You could leave them alone in that setup. I'd take I'd take third high the, that second one up there, the medium. Yeah, well, that's, see, that's what I would do too if, yeah. if I would take it off. But here is my question, and Ashley, I mean no offense to this whatsoever no. because I'm literally just reading text. Um, but she states. And quote unquote, the deep is probably brewed in honey mm -hmm. with just Plus honey three. in the top super. That word probably bothers me. Queen would have. No, it's, no. it's the how do you not know for certain? She's not looking. Right. That's what it makes me think. Now, and again, Ashley, no, no, um, no, no yeah. offense whatsoever. But when I read the word probably, I assume that you don't know for certain, which tells me you're not actually looking inside the colony. So my very, very first thing would say I need a definitive answer. Is the is the deep box 
brewed in nectar and honey or is it all brewed or have they abandoned it and they're in the top boxes is there is the comb drawn out so you've got in year one and i don't know if you started with a package or with you've started with mm -hmm. um it's actually probably in that original email but mm -hmm. i don't know if it was a package or if it was a nuke that you started off with but if they managed to fill all of the deep and then well okay so the way that we should do things is you make them fill out 90% of that box before you give them the mm -hmm. next box. Then they fill out 90% of that box, then you give them mm -hmm. the next box. If you followed that method, every one of those boxes should be absolutely full of yeah. comb. Right. Now, if you didn't, if you just put them in there and you slapped on boxes because there was a nectar flow, your boxes may only be 50% full. They may not be fully drawn out comb on every one of those frames, and that's going to be a whole different story. So right. go in and do a complete full hive inspection. Go through the hive and see what you truly have where. And if your assumption is correct, and they truly have the third medium box is solid honey, and the second medium box is a combination of honey and brood, and the bottom box is a combination of brood and honey— then, as Ken said, I would absolutely take that top box off. I would harvest that box. There's no point in waiting. Your D your bees got to the place that you want to be in your second year, and they managed to do it in the first year. That's amazing. That's great. So take that medium box it. off the top, go out there and extract it, freeze your comb, and then store your comb, and next year you'll be ready to go on that, and leave them with the medium and the deep. Even if you don't feel like they potentially have enough food stores in the medium and the deep, you can always feed them. And they will go through and they will relocate the food stores to the top of that medium box and they'll slowly backfill themselves down to where they're just in the deep box getting ready for fall and for winter. And then when the fall gets here, you've got a fall flow that comes through. They'll go through and they'll bring in the, the true nectar stores and put in there and, and store it for winter. So that's best case scenario. Absolutely do it. However, if you go through and you look at that box and it's not what you assume, say... 50% of the frames in both of those medium boxes are either not drawn out or not capped with food. Right. Then I'm going to tell you that you need to consolidate. So I'm still going to tell you to condense it down, but the way to do so is take off both of the mediums and start taking the frames out and make one box that is full of drawn frame mm -hmm. with either brood or honey. And any frame that is undrawn or is unused, leave out of the equation. Yeah. So you're going to create a box of all the mismatch that doesn't have anything going on and a box that has all the stuff you need, put that back on the hive. Yeah. And, and again, when we do these sorts of things, obviously we cannot see what it is you're specifically looking at. So we're just kind of going based on what you said and, and shooting in the dark on that. Um, but there always needs to be questions and there always needs to be like a, a give and a take because you don't want to be that gentleman like got on your page, Ken, mm -hmm. and just saw one picture yeah. and said, you need to requeen. Yeah. Now, um, now what I'm thinking is that third super that she's got up there that's nothing but honey. I'm thinking that... Uh, she needs to leave that alone. Call us. We'll drive up, and then we get spring honey, and we'll give you a little piece. How's that? <laughs> good. I, I have found something out. Spring honey is good, and they have a lot of flowers in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they have had a bunch of rain this spring. So, <laughs> so Ken is going to drive us up there so that i can do hell yeah a spot-on evaluation and your finder's fee is he's going to take all of your honey yeah that's it that's it we'll get pictures and post it on hive jive i don't know about this ken i'm not i'm not sure anybody is gonna go for the well, uh, i don't know 
You know, that's a pretty steep price. Well, I'll is. be glad to come and look. I'm but taking I'll everything you that what. you have. <laughs> They've had a lot of rain in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I bet you, and that's what probably what happened to the guy in San Antonio. Though, you know, when it, with his Langstroth's filled out, they've had a lot of rain this spring and that. Now, here in central Texas, in the Austin area, y'all have had more rain than we have in the Mason-Lano area. Yeah. And... I've got a client here in town that had almost exactly the same scenario as the first gentleman. He's got two top bar hives in his backyard in town. Mm -hmm. And we went through to do an inspection... And literally every open cell that should have been open for the brood and mm -hmm. for laying was full of nectar. Wow. Both of those hives. So you told him to start cutting. Well, both of those hives had 15 queen cells each. And so we found them. getting ready to go with swarm. Yeah, we found them before they actually did their split. And, oh, yeah, actually, okay, so I'm glad that you brought that up because mm -hmm. I didn't actually give the last half of the answer to that. Mm -hmm. So, but we found them before they actually did the swarm. So we, we did an artificial swarm, and what we did is we created a nuke out of both of the hives, one mm -hmm. nuke. So we took two full-size hives, and we created one third hive. And we, did, we went through it, and we would find a frame that looked like it had what we wanted, mm -hmm. and we would put it in there. So hive number one, hive A, we take a frame out of it and put it in the nuke. And then we would take a bar, not a frame, a bar out mm -hmm. of hive B, and would put it in the nuke, and then we'd take a bar out of hive A and put it in the nuke, and then B, and then A, and then B, and then A. So we were alternating inside the nuke. Every other bar came from a different colony, so therefore all of the smells are mixed up, right? which causes the bees to be really confused, and it kind of stops or inhibits the fighting that they could do. Mm -hmm. We get that all squared away and situated. And how'd you get the bees in there with her? With the, well, the they, they were on the bars. We just, okay. We just picked them up. Yeah, okay. we just picked okay. them up on I the bars. It. I got it. And yeah. then you still do your same concept where you take a couple extra bars that have a lot of bees and you shake the bees down into the nuke mm -hmm. as well and then put the bars back in the original hives. Okay. We left the actual, we kept the queen that had the nicest disposition. Right. Got rid of the evil queen. Got rid there of the was evil one queen. of them was an evil queen. We yeah. got rid of her. That's like the one that's on Game of Thrones, the one that killed everybody. <laughs> Cersei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, actually, I can't say that. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones by now, then get off your lazy rear and finish yeah. it. But yeah. No, there's a, uh, yeah. So when we did that, so now we've got a good queen. Mm -hmm. We got her in the, in the nuke. Mm -hmm. The hives that are wanting to swarm anyway, mm -hmm. we left only two queen cells per hive. So I went through and I looked at all the queen cells and I looked for the biggest, longest queen cells and I kept two of them and I got rid of all the rest because I want the biggest, healthiest queen to be the one that leads the colony. I don't want a little skinny runt who right. may hatch first right. getting the opportunity to kill all the other ones. Right. So we took all those out. That's why sometimes you'll hear me say, get rid of all the queen cells but two. Mm -hmm. Keep the two largest. And that's because the bigger the queen cell, the bigger the queen in theory, and mm -hmm. the more time she's had to develop and the fully developed and the larger queens have better mating habits, which have better laying habits. So just keep the big ones. So we went through, we did that. Now everything's all good to go. But in doing so, we also reduced the amount of comb in both the colonies because some of it went into the nuke. And we reduced the population. So we, we managed to catch this before it got to the point that the gentleman that sent the, uh, the Facebook thing did. Now, one of the things that I did tell him on Facebook, though, um, after the, there was like a little mini conversation there. One of the extra things, though, was that if you catch it, so like on his long laying and he right. said he's going to start extracting out. If you do catch it 
or say you have a year, so let's look at next year. Say potentially the same scenario happens mm -hmm. next year, and you've got a ton of nectar coming in really quickly, and your bees are filling up all the space. As the year is progressing, start harvesting out one or two bars at a time as they're fully capped. Mm -hmm. So you get one on the very end that's fully capped. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and take that out. Harvest it if you want to. If it's capped comb, cut it, put it into a Tupperware container, put it in your freezer, and leave it. It's going to preserve it. It kills anything on there, but it does not affect the honey, and it keeps it preserved. So it's out of the way. you put it back in there. And that'll, that'll... Oh, no, no, no. Th that'd be for you later. Like oh, then, okay. then you okay. have like if okay. it's if it's the brand new comb on the yeah. end, that's okay. where you get your nice go. cut comb honey. Yeah. So just put it in the freezer, leave it. But then take that empty bar and put it up on either the very front or the very back of the brood nest. Not or you could the put one it, that you cut. The one that you cut. Yeah. But you're just doing one or two bars at a time right. because you don't want to give them so much space that it's created a void that they can't bridge. Right. Especially if they're already to the point where they, like in your Langstroth, they can't make new wax because everything's out of balance. Right. So you give them one bar at a time, and you might start doing this in May. You might harvest out, though there may be one bar of capped honey, harvest it out because you've got eight bars of solid nectar in there, right? Mm -hmm. Harvest that one out, put it up by the brood nest. They'll start redrawing that comb, which you did in your top bar. You had one that you moved and you gave them an right. empty comb, and they drew it out really quickly. Oh, yeah. Because you like, caught them. Like a week and a half yeah, later. You caught them while they were still in the flux mm -hmm. of growing and building. So if you slowly keep doing that, you're still removing the excess and you're giving them where they can draw new, which will be open cells that the queen can mm -hmm. keep laying in. You can do that process. And if you're saving it, Worst case scenario, if they do end up needing food stores when it's all said and done, you've got all that saved. You can render it down and feed it back to them, and they will still have their food stores that they need to go through and make everything work well. So that is one option that you can do, but you've got to be you got to be careful about it, and you got to give them just kind of one at a time. If you overload them with a big gap, they don't see that as like, oh, this invalidates B space. It's now a void, and they don't look at that. They'll just be like, okay, well, everything yeah. is from here over. Yeah, we, we don't live there. Yeah, we yeah. don't live there. One of the things that you asked, there, we've got one other question here that mm -hmm. came from Mike and Stacy, And theirs goes back to something you were talking to me about on the phone, about your plastic frame, the plastic foundation on the frames. Those last mm -hmm. few. Yeah, that was what, yeah, the guy on Facebook. He says, oh, on the, when I put the, oh, no, you're talking about the ones that didn't have the wax on. Right. Okay. Yeah, and what what would you what were you wanting to do? You asked if you should do. I figured I needed to go find some, either get the new frames, which I've got with a lot of wax on them, and then melt some and paint them on there and put that in there. Yeah. So Mike and Stacy, their question specifically. So actually, there's two questions here, but the one that refers to this directly is: I received some plastic frames as a door prize. And I put them in my Langstroth, which is currently mixed with a wood frame with plastic foundation. So I put them in every other frame, and the bees seem to be skipping over the solid plastic frames and only building on the wood plastic combinations. Why would this be, and should I remove or replace the plastic frames? Well, a lot of times it is, no matter if it is a plastic foundation in a wooden frame or if it's one of the solid plastic frames, Plastic is foreign to the bees, and yeah. we've stamped an imprint in that plastic of what we want the cell shape to be, so mm -hmm. it's worker cell, but that doesn't mean that they're going to want to build on it. So it almost, in these cases, comes down to how much wax is on those frames. So if you're finding that they're skipping over a certain type, take that one out, 
especially if they're all the same ones that you just got from mm-hmm. the store prize, take them all out, get you some wax, and you can either melt it down and paint it on like you were saying, or you can take dry wax and rub it across it vigorously like a cheese grater. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it builds up a wax edge around all of those cell points that are inside there, and it builds up that wax foundation so that now it smells a lot more like wax and bees. It has some of their pheromones to it because it is actually beeswax that you should be using, and it's going to make them more eager to draw those combs out. So that's one of the things you can do. Take them out, do that, put them back in, and then see if they continue drawing them out. If they don't and they continue skipping over those frames... You're going to, like, we're coming up on that summer dearth. You're going to run out of building season. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is you're going to probably want to take those and put them on one side of your hive and put all the frames they did draw out together so that they don't have these voids between everything. And then next year, they'll have to move into those because they can't jump to the other frames. They can't keep saying, I'm going to skip this one. They won't have no choice but to start building on those. But it's a lot of times it's just the wax. They don't have enough wax coating on them or they smell weird to them. Um, you could take them out if they if they don't feel like they've got any wax foundation at all. Take them out and wash them with soap and water just to make sure that if there was a residue of something on it, like from manufacturing, mm-hmm. that that gets taken off. And then go back and coat them really, really well with wax and put them back in there. And, and you should see an improvement in that. They should go through. Um, yeah, there sounds go. good to me. <laughs> Thought I was going to do. Yeah. For some reason, I feel like there was like twelve other things that I wanted to uh, to bring up. But at the moment, I don't remember what they were. I know on one of my top bars. Oh, uh, you know, you're, you're constantly on me, Ken. Are you checking your top bars once a week? And we have, I've been busy and my son's been busy. And uh, we checked one bar and I was taking pictures. And we had been in that box a week ago. And uh, I was taking pictures, and I took a picture of this one and sent it to John. And I said, is that a burr comb? John says, no, cut that off ASAP. So we cut it off the next morning. Got to eat that, by the way. And uh, it was a comb that was running straight on you know, the main comb. But then they decided they were going to build this little 90-degree and it was fixing to cut across the whole damn thing. Yeah, it was an actual, you had in line with the bar, mm-hmm. you had your original comb, which was running mm-hmm. straight, like you said. And then three quarters of the way over to one edge, there was a 90 degree turn, like mm-hmm. a T almost, that yep. came off of that. And yep. they were actually building comb yep, down between yeah. the other two combs, they were. which would have fused everything together. Mm-hmm. And then when you tried to pick it up, it would have tore things. It could have mm-hmm. ripped one of the other combs it was attached to. So, yeah, anytime you see something like that, get rid of it immediately. Yeah, we had we got to eat about an inch of uh, bee comb. Yeah. Full of honey. There you go. Yes. You guys have every time you've gone through and done a hive check, you and Max have ran off with like a scoop of. Oh yeah, we get. Oh, we had one. One, you know, it was attached to the side of the wall. So when I told Max, I says, "Yeah, we get to uh, eat the ones that's attached." So hell, we went back. He, it's still there. Okay, scrape it off. We're gonna eat that. And then I think there was another one attached, and and this last time we checked, and or maybe two, and we got that too. So and then we had to cut that off. Now there's one in there, and that was the burr comb. I didn't send that picture to you. It's just a little ear running off of one. That's 
just the comb that they're building off, just building an ear off of it? Yeah, so when you're... It's running straight, but if, it's... If you were in your top bars... No, in top bars. Anytime there's something that's not going in the line of the bar, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. If it's in your Langstroths, they're going to build those little combs, but you've got the frame and your comb isn't going to tear mm-hmm. and rip. So a lot of times in the in the Langstroths, they'll build burr comb across the top of the bars mm-hmm. where they'll bridge two of the combs yeah, together. Yeah, and that's, uh, that had uh, either drone sails. Exactly. Drone, it was drone sails. Yeah, because in the Langstroths, they they don't have anywhere to lay drone. Yeah. So the, any any open space they can find, they'll build burr mm-hmm. comb and they'll put drone comb in there and then they'll lay drones. But in your top bar... There, with the only attachment being the bar itself, mm-hmm. there's no other support for that comb. And one little piece of burr comb that bridges two together, especially at the wrong time of year when it's really hot and the comb's heavy, mm-hmm. you could go to pick that bar up and it will actually give it just enough force and leverage that it rips the bar from the comb. Yeah, there so was one of the comb, one of the bars, Max pulled it out and they had just started building on that. And there was a piece of comb in there, it's probably the size. Of your two thumbnails put together, yeah, and he pushed on it, and it part of it. Oh, broke the little off. baby comb on the, the on the new bar, comb. yeah. And he it kind of it kind of just moved a little bit. He said, "Oh no!" So he started pushing it on there and put it back in. The next week, we opened it up. They'd already replaced it, or or rebuilt it, and added more to it. Yep. So. Now, your top mm-hmm. bars are still actually goodly, but they're still growing. Yep. I'm making up words. Goodly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, with what we got up there, it's, uh, I don't know, we're going to have a lot of honey. Yeah. Next year will be uh, a banner crop year. for you guys. Yeah. Well, especially if, we if next year acts like this year, because yeah. there yeah. was just seas of flowers out there. Yeah, it'll be good next year. Maybe we'll get to, oh, and then uh, I'm going to have another... I think I'm planning. I don't know. I got to talk to Pam, and uh, we're gonna probably have. I'm probably buying another five or six off of her. Yeah, she was gonna do the sell. She wants to downsize from her ten frames to the eight frames, and she's getting rid of all of her ten frame stuff. So. Oh, I got all that eight frame stuff. So yeah. I need to talk to her. Yeah. Yep. She, we'll she's training. gonna she's gonna make you a deal where you guys can benefit both of you you get extra 10 frame bees and she can have the eight frame equipment that she wants will she <laughs> here i'm talking now i'm thinking hypothetically uh, speaking yeah uh yeah okay i'll quit because <laughs> i got i got a i got a place where i can get a bunch of eight frame stuff so i need to talk to her <laughs> well i'll leave that between yeah. you two you yeah. guys can figure out yeah. uh, what you want to do on that and then my wife is sitting there i was telling her about it well maybe i want eight frame and i'm sitting there no, you get 10. <laughs> <laughs> you got me and Max to work. Well, so. for, for now, yeah. I, I did hear that she wants her own bee suit, so it sounds oh, like yeah, she's going to be in the mix. Bee suit. Yeah. And then my uh, daughter-in-law wants a bee suit, and I'm fixing to buy me. Probably next spring I'll buy me. I'm just buying me a top. That's, that bee suit's too hot. So it's uh, it's going to become a family affair out there. Oh, the whole, like whole family's oh, going to yeah. have bee suits. Everybody's going to have bee suits. That's okay, though, because the the way that you're going and how many hives you keep thinking you're going to have, um, you're going to need the whole family. Oh, Max is already <laughs> talking about splitting. I'm saying, no, we don't split because we don't get honey if we split. That's true. Or you don't split all of them. Just split yeah. like a third of them or a quarter of them mm-hmm. so that you still have the rest to go through and make your honey harvest, but then you can grow and increase from that small portion. He's trying to figure out how we're going to rob that one tree and get the bee and the queen and move all those bees and all that honey out. And I'm sitting there, nah, I ain't going to do it. John's doing it. 
Okay. So what else we got to talk about? I think that's it. I think we're good. That's uh, That was plenty of, of overload information for one yeah. day, I think. I think. That sounds good. Yeah. All How's right. everybody doing out there, by the way? Have you, anybody, uh, uh, is the commode still going the opposite direction? It will always go the opposite direction in New Zealand and Australia, Ken. Well, okay. It's just how it is. It's going to go the wrong way. Yeah. There's a, there is a tropical storm slash hurricane slash we don't really know what coming up through the Gulf. And I think Louisiana Barry. is, uh, yeah, it's drowning go, at the moment. It's going to go up the Mississippi and then turn into Ohio. So the Mississippi is going to be on a yeah uh, a floater. I I feel for them. I've got friends that live in in New Orleans, and I also have friends in Galveston and Houston that were worried oh, it was coming yeah. that way. None of those places no. need it, but everything's good. Hopefully, everybody is safe out there. Every, uh, be safe out there. There it is, right there on on the news. Yeah. So, uh, oh, my my holes in my legs are getting much better. Did you post any of that stuff? No, not yet, but I will. I'll post okay. the pictures out there that show Medi the, Medical honey is Medi good honey. stuff. Yeah, we'll put that out but there so people burn. can take a look at it. It burns. Let me tell you, it burns. <laughs> it burns. It burns. It, it burns. burns. Yeah. yeah, it burns. <laughs> You'll get used to it, though. What else? <laughs> That's it. Eric is looking at us. I think Eric's, Eric's ready to go get him a cup of coffee. <laughs> He's probably ready to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, you guys come in super early. Oh, yeah, I've been up. Since one fifteen this morning, mm -hmm. yeah, yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, any questions anybody has out there? They shoot them to absolutely. Us? You can always send them in if you're an email type person. Email us at info. Well, sorry, in email the. <laughs> you can send your email to info at thehivejive.com. Or you can get on Facebook or Instagram, either one. You can find us by searching at The Hive Jive, and uh, we'll come up on there, and you can post comments. You can send us direct messages. If I myself don't get it, we have a couple volunteers that are always out there monitoring the feeds, and they will forward stuff over to Ken and I, and we are more than happy to go through and answer your questions on the air. And if you get them into us... Uh, well, technically, one of those questions came in, I think, last night. So if you really? if you get them into us, you know, by Thursday of the week, there's a good chance you could hear it on that following Monday because yeah, we'll on, get it in the show. We're on uh, weekly now, right? Again. Pretty much, we're we're back on an every yeah. Monday schedule. Okay. Even though our our uh, I don't want to redo our production because you know we had Bob Pickett do that nice little mm -hmm. intro for us there, and it says uh, new episodes the first and third Monday of every month. <laughs> well, you know, right now it's every Monday, but we might who knows? I don't know. Maybe yeah, if see. it becomes a permanent thing, uh, we'll have him switch it. Oh, just fleeting moment. I had, I had a question, but oh well. <laughs> and it's just in one ear and out the other? Oh, that's a uh, old fart oh. syndrome. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, anyway. all right, guys. We'll, we'll catch you next Monday. No, we'll see y'all next week. Monday. Y'all be good. Be safe. And uh, Don't drown. Yeah, don't drown. Just be ready to listen to us again, family. Y'all be good, and thank you very much. Be good. <laughs> Bye. The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes the first and third Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves. Behave yourselves.